Welcome to Tell Me More About Co-Housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-Housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We have broken ground on the first co-housing project in Houston, Texas. In fact, the first in all of the great state of Texas. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Lynn. How are you? I'm I'm really, really great today because I am about to get on a plane tomorrow to Colorado. Yay! And speaking of Colorado, we have one of our new members who joined us from Colorado, Rachel Claret here today. Welcome, Rachel. Hello. Hey. Hi, Rachel. So glad you could be here. This is exciting. Um, I know for people who uh, might not know a bunch about our group, we have members who are in Houston, and then we have members who are moving to Houston, some full-time, some part-time. And uh, one of our out-of-state members is Rachel. She lives in Colorado now and uh, will be, although you have Houston ties. Houston's I have a lot, lot of Houston ties. It's not yeah. there to start with. <laughs> she knows what she's getting into, which is also, I don't have to apologize for anything. You know, you did, Rachel, by the way, here's a little segue for you. Do you remember, drum roll, what June 1st means in Houston? This is um, um, Astros, no, that already started. Um, <laughs> That's always a good answer, though, when it comes and it's to always it. a good answer. It's always yeah. a good answer. Texans, no. Okay. It's the beginning of hurricane season. Right, exactly. I do know that. I was actually looking at pictures from when I lived in Louisiana. Uh, there was a Memorial Day flood like seven years ago, and oh, it was yes. like intense, and yeah. it was nothing compared to Hardy. Yeah. Like, you know, so there's photos. I'm like, oh, wow, we really, no, we didn't. We really flooded later. So, yes. Yeah. Well, well Rachel, what, one of the things that we like to ask people who uh, we interview from our community is um, what prompted you to jump into co-housing? So maybe we could just kick it off with a little bit of a, you know, how did you, how did you come to this thing? Had you heard of it before? Or well, you know, I probably am the anomaly in this group is that I've known about co-housing since I was a teenager. So I know wow. folks who developed co-housing communities in Colorado um, back in the 80s and 90s. And so I knew these people and I was always, I always thought, that just sounds perfect for me because I am an extreme extrovert and, you know, I think out loud. So forgive, sometimes I have to warn you and say, just because I said it out loud was not a commitment. I'm just thinking, but so I've known about it. I was always interested and um, to make kind of a, a long story, a little bit longer is um, so I've known about it. When I got married, I married an oil man. We moved around a lot. And um, he was, you know, at the beginning, he would met these people who were part of these communities. And he mm -hmm. basically said, no, that's never going to happen. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, you know, he was cute and we made babies and we moved around the world and had a good time. We had a really good run. Uh, he passed away three years ago. And um, before he passed away, we, moved, we had been living in Texas, and the agreement that we made before we got married was that he'd get me back to Colorado, which is where I grew up and where my folks still are. And um, so we got back to Colorado in 2018, and he lasted for about eight months before he passed away. And so here I am in Colorado, having just left Houston and um, trying to rebuild my life and figure out what I want to do. And so what I did in 2018, 2019, and up until COVID hit, and even then a little bit, 
is I kept going back to Houston to visit because I have such strong community ties. I lived, I've had four different homes in the Houston area mm. and I kept coming back to visit. And the time, and there was a time I came back and I said, okay, I'm staying with friends and it's like, I'm on holiday and I'm not like, when I'm on holiday, I'm not really taking care of myself, mm. but I really want to take care of myself and I want to be here. So I started thinking about maybe I should get a place. Yeah. And so I really, I literally was having coffee with a friend of mine who, by the way, is like, okay, I know we're not going whack job and everything, but I call her my magical friend. Magic <laughs> stuff happens when I hang out with her. And literally, I had not thought about co-housing as um, anything uh-huh. for more than a decade. I mean, it just hadn't even crossed my mind. It was not part of the conversation. And we were having a conversation about me wanting to live in Houston. And somehow out of the ether was like, oh, co-housing. I wonder if that exists. I mean, I wonder if that's around. And I literally Googled co-housing Houston. And there you were. And I was like, oh, this, and this was at a time in my life where literally my, they said, what's the theme of your world right now? And my theme was divine right timing. Mm. And every, and, and that, that morning I called Lynn, you were overseas. I was in London. Yeah. You were somewhere else. And so I was this crazy lady who's calling, wants to meet up, hook me up with Kelly, who had just had a cancellation that afternoon. At the yeah. same time, I had a cancellation and we met for coffee. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in. I, that was that really like, you don't even know. I was in before we met. And then we met and I was like, yep, this is exactly what and, I want. And can we have some of your, can your magic lady come to some of our information sessions? Is she Absolutely. looking for housing perhaps? Well, yes and no. She, she decided to be a hermit pretty much. So she's only come out for a couple things. And I was one of the recipients. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. Wow. Well, she's powerful. Maybe she's just, you know, uh, kind of like consolidating all her energy. I think she, well, she's been doing her she's hermitage. She's very much out, 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 out mm. all the time. And she's the one who I wound up co-hosting um, coffee and collaboration with for mm. uh, a number of years. And it was her thing. And then I took it to Kingwood when I moved to Kingwood. And uh, anyway, um, and so she's been very out for many years. And then when COVID hit, she's like, yeah, I kind of like this. I'm just going to stay in. I'm not going <laughs> to talk to people. I'm just going to nice. do the thing. And, you know, and I. There you anyway. go. Well, Rachel, you know, what's so interesting to me was when we met um, your story of your husband passing away and then figuring out kind of what, what would life look like? You had one life in mind and now you had another life that was going to be different and how you were going to do that. And I always love hearing people's stories of um, pivots in their life and the way that that people find strength and resiliency and pick things up and take on new things. I mean, to me, that's just, it's interesting and exciting. And your story just really inspired me um, when I heard it. So what I was wondering is part of this building the life you want, you know, what are the things that you um, have decided to pick up in addition to co-housing or what are some of the things that maybe co-housing has um has opened up for you as you start to look at the new life that you want, or what are things from your past that you, you know, want to bring to co-housing? Well, what's coming to mind, and I wasn't thinking about this before, is that, so my husband was significantly older than me. He was 13 years older than me, and he was at a place of retirement, and I'm not, I'm, I'm still, I'm just, I'm building things right now, but he had always, we kind of thrown around the idea of having a second home somewhere. 
Mm-hmm. And it really was not my thing. You know, we did, we experimented for a year. We were living in the Texas, Houston area probably and came to Colorado where I grew up and looked at getting a place in Breckenridge is one of the ski areas. Yeah. Um, it's actually, it's not just a ski area. It is a town with a ski area. So uh, we made, we, you know, stayed for six weeks with looked at properties and thought about what it would be like to have a second property and ultimately decided that we didn't want to do that. Um, but he'd kind of always thought about having a second home and it never really, it was like I, a lot of my life, it wasn't that I wasn't choosing, but like, I didn't care that much. So if it was something mm-hmm. he was passionate about, I was like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. And then when he passed away, I had to really re it's, you don't just lose a person, you lose your future with that person and you lose who you are when you're with that person Mm -hmm. and so I had to revisit what do I want what's important to me and um you know and I kept going back to Houston that they're just like I just have not one but multiple people you know I show up and people love me they just they they want me to be there and I and I get fed I get my spirit gets fed there and um you know, it's kind of funny. It's it's almost like, oh my God, it's another community in Houston that I'm involved in now. You know, it's like, how do I make time for them and them and them and go up to Kingwood and out to Katie and, you know. And, yeah. um, so well, the good it, news is, like you said, you'll have a place to center yourself and kind right, of a, right. the operations command center for you. Right. So this branch. thing, this idea of a second home was like, I haven't thought about it, but then when I, it was like, oh, I can do both. I'm, you know, knock wood, my husband left me in, you know, with financial resources to say, I'm, this is something I could do. Yeah. And, you know, will I eventually move to Houston full-time? Maybe right now I'm committed to being in Colorado as long as my parents need me. They're in their eighties and, you know, they're in great health. I'm glad. And they're in their eighties. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, not the same as being in your seventies. Things change. Mm-hmm. Um, so You know, part of your story that really resonated with me, Rachel, was that um, you have kids who are kind of wrapping up your, you're kind of wrapping up the, you know, intensive parenting, you know, stage as kids start to um, start to launch and, you know, kids need you, but they don't need you to drive them anymore or to, I know my youngest finally got his driver's license. Yeah, exactly. Or to like legally sign documents. They can do that too now. You know, it's like, it's exciting. And so I I think about that a lot of kind of recentering your vision of yourself, you know, of what happened is, is I stopped, you know, my self-identity was as a wife, as a spouse and a mother of small children. Yeah. And when my husband died, it was also like my children weren't small anymore either. My youngest was 13. And so it is a different energy and a different contextualization about what, what is life about, you know, and I, the, the fact that I can get up and leave and go travel on a regular basis because they are old enough to stay by themselves. Mm-hmm. is really cool. And I'm not quite done. I have <laughs> a big house here. You know, we got a house in the birds. Um, next to the high school and my youngest has got two more years yeah and so and I have no interest in keeping this house beyond the time that he's he needs it um but I'm committed to have it as long as he does Um, but I probably in two years I'm still probably not going to be ready to leave Colorado 100 percent so I'm going to be you know well you know I'm curious um 
when people ask you who don't know anything about co-housing and don't know that you've been passionate about this possibility in the past, do they say things like, well, why don't you just get a small little lock and leave place in Houston instead of like diving into this whole big community thing and all these people? Oh, and... nobody who knows me asks that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you don't need to. So what, how do you, how do you explain it to the uninitiated um, what the appeal is for you? Um, well, you know, it, it's community by choice and you know, that it's, I, I don't want to just have a place to lock and leave. I want to have a place that feels like home when mm -hmm. I'm there. And I don't want to have a house. A house is a lot of responsibility and I've done it before and I don't want to anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and also this, you know, I love the way you guys describe it as, you know, and especially folks living in Houston and Louisiana and that part of the world know is that you know, af after a big event, like a mm -hmm. hurricane and everyone comes together and you know your neighbors and you eat together and you support each other and you run out, I need some of this, I need some of that. Mm -hmm. You know, that is so, we're just missing it in, yeah. in the world. And so it's really, it's not a real hard sell. People yeah. are desperate for community. Mm -hmm. People are desperate to have, um, to, you know, we, we have, I would have loved to have this when my kids were younger. Mm -hmm. I mean, your tribe, your village, you know, this, this is creating the village. And I love that. And I especially love, you know, people like Kelly and those with the gals with the baby, you know, they're going to grow up knowing that it's not just because mom's had a bad day or not, whatever. There's other places I can go. There's other resources that I have. And that's huge. Yeah. That's you know, it's, it's funny you should mention that because we are bringing in a new explorer on Friday. And one of the things that really impressed her about co-housing is as a manager supervisor of employees when she was working in Scandinavia who lived in co-housing. And she was just blown away by the support for parents who were both working and how their lives were just made so much easier and so much richer by living in co-housing. It just kind of, just as an outside well, I, observer. Yeah, uh, well, I think humans were meant to live together. Mm -hmm. And as we got more, you know, financially capable, you know, it's, it's, my observation is that money buys privacy. Yeah. That, you know, that when you don't have any money, you live with a roommate in a place with a whole bunch of other people. And as you start getting money, you go into a place by yourself. And then if you get more, you get it in a house and then you have a yard. And then if you have a whole lot of money, you have a really big house really far away from people. And it's this like, you know, it's, it's you've won, you have become successful, but you've given away, mm. lost that part of being in with people. And so I think one of the things that is fabulous, you know, the main thing people ask you about co-housing is like, are you gonna have a kitchen? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to have my own kitchen. And if I don't feel like talking to anybody, I'll go out the back door. <laughs> I got a unit with a back door. <laughs> Rachel, one of the things that, um, that I also was interested in is that you have had experience building other communities in your life. Um, and so you have uh, done some work on things that I think you might be really um a great contributor to our co-housing community when you when you come because you have uh, like a framework for consensus and for conflict resolution and for working together 
um, that you have explored with other communities. So I was hoping maybe you'd talk a little bit about that because we often talk about like people bring gifts like, oh, I can fix bikes, but you know, this is like, this is also a gift. Somebody yeah. who has this kind of experience. Right. Um, so I don't know that I, I built the communities, but I've been a part of communities and I've really made them my own as well as, as, as um, and in fact, the, the, you're talking about Geneva community that was where I met the co-housing people. So it's a really oh, interesting, nice. um, you know, parallel. Yes. Is, um, the, and, and what specifically is, is a set of agreements. Mm -hmm. And agreements are, this is how I choose to live. This mm -hmm. is how I choose to interact with people, or this is how we choose to interact with people. So we start with, you know, an agreement of why are we together? What is, mm -hmm. what is our purpose for being together? And, you know, for co-housing, it's the building the community that we want to have a tribe. We want to have, you know, I, I don't have the language in front of me. I just have the essence of it. Mm -hmm. um, but the agreements are, you know, one, for instance, is, you know, recognizing that goals may be the same, though means for achieving them may differ. That's like mm -hmm. a huge one, especially mm -hmm. in how divided we are as a country. It's like, we all want to protect our children. We mm -hmm. all want to, you know, see our wealth increase. We all want, you know, all of those things, but how we do it's different. And, you know, being able to understand and recognize that, and then, you know, sit on the same side of the table looking out rather than sitting across from each other, is just an example of you know agreements and another one is just you know I, I agree to look for the positive aspects rather than the negative aspects mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. i agree to speak with good purpose i agree to speak with the person with whom i have an issue rather than going and saying oh my god can you believe what kelly did or <laughs> when you know i'm so mad and so you know mm -hmm. it's no it's go and talk to people with whom you can solve the issue and so um you know we were going to do that at the retreat which got postponed and then postponed and then went online or I don't know what it was, but it just, you know, good old, that's like the story of everything. And that's the, the story of everything, right? but, yeah. you know, COVID, it, it, the COVID story continues. Right. Yes. But, but, but I really like that you bring this gift of kind of mm -hmm. um, making agreements explicit and making agreements about things that I think people often outside, co well, even inside co-housing sometimes mm. are willing to just say like, oh, of course everyone does that. Or of right. course I everybody's- know. You know, I literally have the agreements in, in, I could call them the Geneva Group agreements, but they can be anyone's agreements. Mm -hmm. And I literally have them in my bathroom. I see them every single day. <laughs> yeah. Um, anybody who comes, who's welcome close enough to come into my bathroom, mm -hmm. they see them every day too. Yeah, you know, you know, it's it, it, it's it's choosing and re and one of it is choosing and rechoosing. Yeah, and so it it's you know we have by law we have to have our HOA agreements, right? Yeah. and those are uh, those are legal documents, but operating agreements. How how so shall we live? That's a whole different ballgame, and I would love. I'm so excited that I'm going to get to share it with you. Whatever is the right time. I know, I know, yeah. I, and I think I think by the time we get to it, what I see happening there is a lot of the things that are in there are going to serve to sort of stitch together and then fill in the holes of the things that we've done or haven't yet done. So I think it's really if I can already see it lining up with some of the things that we have. Agreed right, on there's just... actually a set of agreements for a co-housing community in um, not Bailey, um, Bay, Bay, not Baytown, not Bailey, something in Colorado, in southwestern Colorado, there is a co-housing community that took the Geneva Group agreements and mm -hmm. applied them 
you know, and let go of some and added some specifically to their co-housing community. Well, I look forward to you sending me that link. Rachel, I was just wondering as we kind of near the end here today, was there anything else that you wanted to say before we wrap it up that you thought, oh, I was going to mention that today when we get on the on the podcast? Um, I do kind of want to say something, which is, and, and this is with the people who are like interested but mm -hmm. on the fence and they're looking at the money and they're going, well, that's an awful lot for a few bedroom, you know, whatever is mm -hmm. that this is an investment that grows community grows with time. It doesn't, de it, it, it doesn't decrease in value. It increases in value no matter what, mm -hmm. but there's always going to be more that you get out than you put in. And, you know, you put in your time, your support, your, you know, okay, I'm going to have my turn in the garden. It's not my number one, but guide me, I'll do it. Yeah. But I'm going to get more out of it no matter what. And I think that that's something that's important to remember that, that there's a, a word, the word that is synergy, which is that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yep. So we are individuals building something, but what we're building is significantly larger than what each of us brings. Yes. So what a great way to wrap that up. That's fantastic. Yes. You know, people don't know this, but Rachel's little tagline says evocateur, and that was the perfect signature <laughs> for the evocateur. Rachel, we just want to thank you again for taking time out of your busy workday and uh, all that you're building there with your new career and your pivoting. And thanks to our listeners for stopping by today. We're so glad you clicked on our episode. For more information about our project, Cohousing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about cohousing, we like cohousing.org. We're really active on social media, so check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Cohousing Houston. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.